Welcome into Outkick the Show. I believe, I believe, this is my favorite. Uh, this is my final Outkick the Show of 2022. Uh, so right off the top, I just want to thank all of you uh, for all of your support for Outkick and all of our Outkick related programming. Also, Clay and Buck, all the Fox News shows. Thank you for making 2022 the best year of my professional life. Uh, I hope we can keep stacking really great years one after the other. Uh, But I want to thank everyone who works on OutKick. I want to thank everyone who reads and consumes any OutKick-related content. Uh, I really do want you all to have a great Christmas, happy holidays, good new year. I am headed down to the Florida Keys with 14 family members tomorrow. Uh, and then from there, we'll head out to uh, uh, back home for a couple of days because we got to be here for my second grader and my other boys for Santa Claus to arrive. And uh, then I'm going to be out in Park City, Utah for the new year, uh, which I'm excited about. And not because I like to ski at all. I like Park City. I think it's a pr- really cool spot. Uh, and my wife and kids like to ski. So I'm going to be editing my book, uh, working fireside, staying warm. Uh, but first, we'll be down in the Florida Keys to finish out the year. Um, so I hope all of you have safe, awesome holiday seasons and wish you all a happy Merry Christmas and a fantastic new year in advance from me. I will still be on Clay and Buck. I'm doing radio on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. Uh, Much of that from the Florida Keys, but I'll be there doing radio. Uh, But I'm not going to be at home doing this show, so thank you for all of you who've watched the OutKick shows so far this year. Um, And uh, I'd encourage you to go subscribe to Clay and Buck if you want more new programming. Uh, And I can't wait for 23. I have a new book out scheduled to be out in September. Uh, so that is what I am trying to hammer out right now and get complete. In fact, I'm sending a draft, uh, to the publisher, uh, in the next hour or so. Uh, and that if anybody has ever gone through a, uh, writing a book process, there's a lot of editing and everything else that goes into, uh, into the book process, but that'll be out in September of next year. Uh, all right. Uh, early Thursday night football, I'm on the over 43 and a half tonight. 49ers playing the Seahawks. I like the over. I like both of these offenses to get rolling. Really like the over 43 and a half is the number that I see on my app right now. I'm on the over tonight. The 49ers are a three and a half point favorite over the Seahawks, but I like the over 43 and a half. So there is my gambling pick for you. Important discussion here. Um, There's been a lot of talk about what exactly happened in the 2022 election and why the results were not the red wave or the red tsunami that many people expected. Full vote tallies are now in. Republicans won nationwide 51 to 48. So Republicans won the popular vote nationwide by right around three points. Um, as a part of that 51 to 48 win, if you translate the House districts into statewide results, uh, then Republicans would have ended up with 297 
electoral votes uh, and so would have won the presidency fairly comfortably. Now, 51-48, good result. You would have expected more House seats and more Senate seats to come over to the Republican side than ended up happening. But it's important to note, everybody always wants to talk about the popular vote. 51-48 was that final tally. But it's easy. I was just talking about this on Clay and Buck. It's easy sometimes to focus on independents or Democrats if you lose an election and say they're the reason. It's easy sometimes to focus on, hey, the game's rigged, that's why we lose, uh, uh, which I don't like because it's so self-defeating that eventually you would just throw up your hands and say, why get involved in, uh, in the vote process at all? But what's interesting is if Republicans, if Republicans had consistently voted for the Republican Party on the ticket and not split tickets, then what you would have ended up with is a monster win. Let me give you an example. In the House races in 2022, Republicans won by two points in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman won by right at five points. It's a massive swing between Republicans winning the House Uh, meaning all the seats voted Republican plus two. Arizona, the House races, Republicans plus two. Democrat wins by five. In uh, Georgia, Republicans win by five in the House races. Democrats win by one, roughly, in the Senate race. In Nevada, Republicans win the House races by three, um, And in the Senate race, they win by about 8,000 votes, less than one point. My point on all this is when you actually look at the House races, what was going on is Republicans were splitting their ticket. So you can focus all you want on Democrats. You can focus all you want on independents. But the reason why Republicans didn't win the Senate in Nevada, didn't win the Senate in Arizona, didn't win the Senate in Pennsylvania, didn't win the Senate in Georgia, in those four toss-up states, is because, and I think this is significant, it's because Republican voters split their tickets. There was something about these candidates in the Senate that led them to vote Republican in the House, often by many points, and go the opposite direction in Senate races. And so whatever happens going forward in 2024, Republicans actually got their vote out. They won nationwide 51 to 48. This was an R plus three election. But the Senate results in particular did not translate from the House results because Republican voters were splitting their ticket. Georgia is a good example. Every statewide Republican won except for Herschel Walker because enough Republicans split and went and voted for the Reverend Raphael Warnock to allow him to win that race. And again, I think this is really important. Before you can focus on external forces, You've got to get your own house in order. And that, to me, is the lesson of 2022. And that's really kind of the book that I'm writing, 
2024. How does 2024 become a landslide election? What does a Republican platform need to look like? I'm on it. You can read it September, but I'm working on it hard right now. Donald Trump teased that he had a big announcement to make. And that big announcement ended up being some NFTs. Uh, If you don't know what an NFT is, it's a non-fungible token. It's basically like a piece of artwork, Trump doing a variety of superhero-like things that he's selling for $99. On the same day that this was released, Trump also came out with strong opinions and strong policy uh, plans for how to deal with First Amendment-related issues in this country. Unfortunately, all of the story is going to go to the NFTs. Silly, funny, I get it. But it distracted from the actual serious policy on the First Amendment that Trump put out today. Now, I don't know who's advising Trump closely right now, but they could have done the NFT thing on a different day than they did the First Amendment policy. And my statement that I made on the show, what Trump has done a very good job of in his political career, which I respect immensely, is he's focused policy, but he's had the stake, for a better way of describing it. The stake is the public policy. The sizzle, the sizzle when you actually break it down, uh, is sometimes all the the salacious, the, the, the excitement, the entertainment aspects of the policy, right? Sizzle on top of the steak. And here, they're divided, right? You've got the sizzle, but it has nothing to do with the steak. And so if Trump is going to run a successful campaign in 2024, he has to bring those two things back together again. The policy has to be connected to the attention that he's drawing for the policy, not something completely different. Um, And so that is why I think there is so much focus on this DeSantis versus Trump battle, but this was not a helpful day, in my opinion, for Trump going forward. Uh, TikTok battle. There's a big discussion right now going on about whether or not TikTok should be banned. I told you yesterday that one of our OutKick videos was banned, but I don't have as much concern. This is me personally with TikTok being rigged as I do with Google and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube being rigged. And those are all United States corporate companies. And yet they are the ones that are in bed with the Democrat Party right now. I haven't seen anything, and clearly I don't know a lot about TikTok, although I do know my kids are using it. I haven't seen anything that TikTok is doing that scares me as much as what Google, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram have done to rig elections. Now, my policy prescription here would be, why do we allow Chinese companies access to our market when they don't have to allow American tech companies access to theirs? Let me give you an example. Google and Twitter are not available in China. They literally do not exist in that country. They are blocked by the Chinese government. Well, if they won't allow our American big tech companies there, why should we allow Chinese big tech companies here? In other words, if they are enacting protectionism as it pertains to big tech companies in China, 
why should our markets be 100% free for the Chinese government to exploit? Just something that I think is worth American politicians debating uh, as that pertains to that issue. Uh, Philadelphia. I told you it was going to happen. I hate to have to say I told you so, but Philadelphia is bringing back masks for public school kids when they return from their Christmas and New Year break. Philadelphia bringing back masks. I told you. I got to give credit to my wife here. She said as soon as masks started in May and June, they are never going away. And she has been right because there is a certain segment of the population that is 100% committed to them no matter what. And I think that is an absolute disgrace. It's anti-science. It is indefensible. But it's not going away, unfortunately. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. Finally, I wanted to finish with a little bit of Animal Thunderdome action for you as we rolled into the holiday break. Uh, This is up on OutKick right now from Mike Gunzelman. A hippo swallowed a two-year-old child before spitting him back out. Old school Animal Thunderdome. We're going to be bringing back the full-on Animal Thunderdome for all of you out there. Uh, Danny G, I'm going to get Dub involved. Those of you who list, uh, used to listen to our Outkick the Coverage show, we're going to be doing a podcast, Animal Thunderdome, weekly. A hippo swallowed a two-year-old boy before eventually spitting him back up. Uh, unidentified toddler playing near a lake in Uganda. Just going to toss this out there. If there is the possibility that a hippo could eat a two-year-old, probably also some crocodiles there, I'm not sure that playing near the lake is a great idea for toddlers. Not to mention, there's always the possibility of drowning. If you're a parent, like I have been a parent, I've got 14-year-old, 12-year-old, 8-year-old now. They're all pretty good swimmers. But when you have young children, a trip to the beach or a trip to a swimming pool is not a relaxing experience because at any moment, That child can step into the water, go directly under the water. When they haven't learned how to swim, it's dangerous. I can't even imagine if there were also hippos and crocodiles and other deadly animals. Certainly, there's a lot of deadly snakes as well. So according to Capital FM Uganda, the toddler was eaten by a hippo. Onlookers began pelting the hippo with rocks And somehow that eventually forced, according to the story, the hippo to vomit the child back up. The animal then went back into the water. The toddler was rushed to a local hospital where he regained consciousness and has since been released. Hippos are among the most deadly animals in the world. That is a happy end-of-the-year outkick story for all of you. And actually... I've got one more that feels like the perfect OutKick story. Do you remember years ago uh, when I would share with you Pornhub uh, insights on its traffic? I've been doing this for years. Um, Pornhub, which I am told, I am told is a pornographic website. That means you can find naked people there. I've been told. Sources close uh, to OutKick have informed me of this. Um, They give out all of their data on 
which are the most popular searches and everything else that goes on. Uh, Top searches for 2022, I'm reading off of the Pornhub data, uh, reality. Reality porn grew by 169%, no pun intended, to become one of the top 20 categories. Uh, Amateur dropped slightly, um, but this is very popular. Women like reality porn much more than men. Uh, And I'm going to give you the genders here in a moment. Uh, Let's see. Uh, A transgender grew, but I'm not even going to get into that. Group sex, threesomes, 34% more popular in 2022. Fourth most popular category worldwide. Uh, And women are 40% more likely to watch threesome videos. 29% 29% more into gangbang videos. So I got to be careful whether I can even reach these. Uh, 25% more into DP, we'll call it. 12% more into orgy videos. Um, and uh, women, the female, female, male, far more popular than male, male, female. In fact, women like female, female, male, more. Uh, Threesomes are, I'm reading from Pornhub data, threesomes are 115% more popular with Gen Z, 68% more popular with Gen Y. All right, outdoors. Outdoor category grew 121%. Most popular search was outdoor sex, followed by outdoor anal. And, and I just have to say, that's really, really specific, right? If you are out there and you are thinking to yourself, hey, I'm really into outdoor anal videos, I, I, I mean, I'm just going to say, not going to judge. We're in the trust tree here. That's really specific. Uh, camping also grew 62% along with amateur tent orgies and shower. Uh, nude beaches, uh, 23%. Sex on the beach grew by 28%. Um, <laughs> positions, lesbian scissoring searches grew 151% worldwide, 96% in the United States. It's a big year for lesbian scissoring. Um, 46 more pop percent more popular with Gen Z. more enjoyed by Gen X. They see that generations end up together. Lesbian scissoring has brought everybody together. Um, Feet. Feet have gotten really popular. The feet category was viewed 38% more, including a 145% increase among women. Women are into feet porn now? I don't even know what's going on. Uh, Foot job. Grew 31%. Um, All right, this is what I always dive into. Some of this stuff, I don't even know what some of this stuff is. So if if this is like, uh, like I shouldn't be saying this stuff, like I'm just an old man now. I don't, hentai was the most searched for term of 2022. I don't even know what that is. I'm not, I like, I, I'm, is that, it's not anime, is it? I don't know what hentai is. Hopefully, I can even say that word. I, I I don't even know what it is. Second most searched term of 2022, Japanese. Would not have guessed that. 
Japanese, not Asian, specifically Japanese. MILF, familiar with that. MILF is the third most searched term for 2022, followed by lesbian. By the way, MILF up one in the poll rankings, in case you were wondering. MILF has moved up one. Lesbian dropped back one. Now, lesbian scissoring, as we mentioned, very popular. Lesbian drops back one. MILF has passed lesbian in the overall search terms of 2022. So, if this were the college football playoff ranking, we would have hentai as the one seed going up against your four seed lesbian. Don't I, I'm going to take lesbian in that matchup. I think lesbian's underseeded. And then we would have Japanese as your two seed going up against MILF. Now, again, I don't know what this word means. P-I-N-A-Y? Pine? Pine? I don't even know what that is. I'm not familiar with what that term is. Asian. Japanese is more popular than Asian. Stepmom. I mean, the amount of stepmom interest out there and stepsister blows my mind. Anal. Big ass. It was a good year for big ass. Big ass has surged one. Threesomes up two. And Latina. Latina surging this year all the way up three. Rough year for Ebony, down three. Uh, Massage drops two. Massage wasn't very impressive this year. Didn't have the same strength of schedule quality. Big tits up four. Going to be honest with you, kind of feels like a staple. Surprised that big tits could make that kind of move in 2022 Thought it was kind of your standard, you know, power program. I'm surprised it could go all the way four. Anime, down two. Cream pie, down one. I know what that is now. Not the oatmeal cream pie, Nick Saban. Uh, Gangbang, gangbang surging three. Blowjob, good year for blowjobs on Pornhub, also surging three. Public, down three. The BBC, not the British Broadcasting Corporation, dropping two. Amateur up one. Cosplay, dressing up like people, surging three. POV, staying the same. POV, didn't really have any movement. Indian, up three. Indian surges three. It's maybe the biggest surprise of the surge term so far. Really bad year for squirt. Squirt dropped six, overseeded last year. Squirt maybe came in a little bit overconfident in the 2022 year, didn't perform. Barely made the top 25 this year. Really a big fall for Squirt. Black up one. J-O-I. I think I know what that is, but I'm not sure. J-O-I, not joy. Uh, J-O-I down two. Trans up four. Two big ones, though. Lesbian scissoring up 65. Lesbian scissoring, the TCU of the year, maybe the Tennessee of the year, not ranked at all last year, 65. That is moving fast with a bullet. Lesbian scissoring out of nowhere into the Pornhub top 25. Real amateur homemade, though. 
this is out of nowhere. This is like going FCS to FBS. Real amateur homemade up 177 spots. There you have it. The top 25 most searched for terms of 2022. The perfect subject to close out the calendar year for OutKick the Show. I am, as always, Clay Travis. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick the Show.